I'm so glad you're joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Lisa Evers, and you can catch up on previous episodes of Street Soldiers on lisaevers.com. What we're talking about in this episode, a phenomenon that has taken the internet and YouTube in particular by storm, urban web series. They are now huge, but we're asking the question, Are they creating new opportunities for the people who act in them, produce them, direct them, and put them together and promote them? Or are they negative stereotypes? Are those negative stereotypes being reinforced because of their popularity? We're talking about hundreds of thousands of views for many each episode. So they have huge followings, not just here in the United States, but also around the world. And have we got a great panel to discuss this. Joining me, Professor Lenny Williams, He's the co-founder of Trill or Not Trill. He has his MBA from New Jersey City University. He's a speaker, educator, and mentor. Lenny, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. We also, we appreciate it. Also with us is Doug K.D. Aparicio. He is the executive producer and star of one of the hottest web series called Project Heat. He's also the co-founder of the Web Series Awards, which just took place. Doug, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. We really appreciate it. Also with us is the man who's kind of the godfather of the urban web series, Moses Mo Verneau. You know him as Rafe on Money and Violence. He's the creator and star of Money and Violence and basically set off a whole chain of events and inspiration from many, many other people. Mo, um, I want to start with you on this. When you you look and see all the series that are out there now, what do you think? Um, I think it's a beautiful thing. Uh, Any anything that can go about that can give people motivation and inspiration to actually uh, chase their dreams in any way, you know, whether it's picking up a camera or whether it's discovering a talent that they may not have even known that they've had as far as writing is concerned. I think it's, um, it's beautiful to give people a different outlet to express themselves and to also uh, push their dreams. Doug, what about you in terms of how did you get involved in this? Well, my partner, Pop, Tafon Dunn, um, came up with a great idea to write Project Heat the web series after we're doing an interview one time long ago with uh, Money and Violence. So that just basically pushed us forward to actually come up with the idea of Project Heat. Are you surprised by how big it's gotten? Um, Yeah, because when we noticed Money and Violence on one of your shows, we was like, it was just them in this demographic. And, we, and then to see where we reach right now in the plateau, man, this is a great thing, great feeling. Oh, and, and just a short, like, two years, right? Yeah. Less than, like, yeah. less than two years. Two years. Professor two Lenny, yeah, it's been amazing. But Professor Lenny <clears throat> Williams, when you look at a lot of the series, they talk about street life, and they talk about street life in a very current way, not like some of the mainstream TV shows do where it's removed or it's people that haven't really been on the streets for a long time. They talk about the violence. We see shootings. We see a lot of drug dealing. We see scamming. We see all these different types of things. Is there a concern on your part as as an educator that they're putting out these images, particularly of young men of color, that are negative? I don't think it's a concern. Um, I think the people, most of the people that watch it have, have seen it, and we can't take away from the youth watching. I think the biggest concern is the gap. I feel like there's a gap between the educators and the creators of the show. And what I mean by that, if we came together, there's a lot of lessons that can be learned because these individuals actually have a talent. This is an art. It doesn't, it takes an art. It takes a talent to put on these shows, to come up with a storyboard, to edit. And if we can work together and bring these individuals to the school and show them, yeah, this is the real life, but these guys are showing you as a story, as an art. And what they want to do is uh, they want to 
expose these these different things and issues so you know about it. So I feel like educators need to be more open to it. Um, and I feel like the people that are a part of the show, it can only be a stereotype if they're living that and life. To a, and to and abra- embrace that, that life, embrace that. Yeah. Mo, you've said in previous <laughs> interviews with us here on Street Soldiers and Fox 5 that one of the reasons you wanted to do this was to show the youth that what are the consequences of these actions. Yeah, I wanted to find a way to speak to the youth in their language. I think uh, one of the biggest problems with us actually reaching the youth is actually a respect issue, them feeling that we don't understand them and where they come from. So what I did was found a roundabout way to come to them and speak to them in their language. Uh, I do a lot of uh, speaking at detention centers and high schools. Uh, I was the guest speaker at graduations at junior high schools. And what I think works about what we're doing is the fact that when I walk in, the kids are so enamored by the character that I play that they're willing to listen to me. You know, and that actually, you know, gives me a bridge to actually reach them that isn't there for those that uh, may come at them in a different way. What about in terms of the, the the locations, Doug? Tell us about some of the things because you're you're shooting like many of the other creators and producers. Correct. You're shooting right there on the streets, and in the, in the projects, and with with people who are not professional actors. I mean, become professional after they've done it for so long. But what are some of the challenges that you face just putting these episodes together? Well, the challenges is like I said, we do guerrilla filming, so without having a permit on these locations, it gets kind of tough. Especially if you're doing a scene like acting with a cop, acting as a cop impersonation, because that's how they look at it. If you don't have a permit for that, you have the risk of getting locked up for it. And have you guys had problems like that when you've been doing the filming? Well, because I had knowledge of it, I kind of avoided myself. Like something like a BB gun, which is a propeller weapon, you can't use that. See, a lot of filmmakers is unaware of that. So if you get a toy gun, you have is an exception to that, even though it's still you faking it was a weapon. Right. But a propeller gun with BB guns, you will get locked up for it. And I suggest to everybody not to do that. And Mo, you've gone with money and violence from basically doing everything yourself to almost a full Hollywood type production. Yeah, uh, we went from doing it amongst the four of us our first season to having a small production crew and being on title our second season to now uh, for the third season, we're actually going back and forth and deciding what network we're gonna go to uh, because we should be going to cable or to Netflix. So So that's gotta be exciting. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, More than anything, what's most exciting is just, you know, having the larger budget and what what's going to be what we're going to be what's going to be possible because of a larger budget and how much more depth we're going to be able to include in the story and how much of a larger audience that we're going to be able to reach so with that being said i feel like the responsibility is on is also on us to make sure that we keep the subject matter as socially conscious as possible and to keep that message that was always there that made us different and the authenticity Correct. Because the authenticity, even when you're transferring into these different platforms, that's got to be a critical factor. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, that's what separated money and violence from a lot of programming that was on the silver screen. So we never want to lose that authenticity because it is what makes the show the show. Lenny, why do you think the youth respond to this so much? I think I always go by this this mentality. The youth always wants, and especially teenagers, they do different what their parents tell them to do, right? And that's why I'm a mentor and that's why I go out there. You know, your parents tell you not to watch the show, you're gonna watch the show. I remember when I was younger, you know, the shows for, the movies for us was Boys in the Hood and Juice. And right. I always credit my parents for even letting me allow to watch that. But they were there to let me know, you know, look, this is just movies, this is just art. You know, these are the learning lessons within this movie. 
um, and so on and so forth. And that's what we have to do as educators. Like I said, again, teachers can't shun away that's working in these neighborhoods from those shows. They need to watch those shows so they understand the conversation um, between their students in the classroom. Doug, what about that in, ter in terms of the message? Well, like I said, the shows is gritty, right? So that's going to be the Everybody likes negativity. They like con controversy. They like conflict. So basically, everybody wants to watch the show just because of those points. But in, act in actuality, there's a lesson in there. You know, like we are open as well as Mo and a lot of the shows is open to come to the youth and speak to them and come to these different institutions and speak to somebody on behalf of the kids to like give them a bright horizon and tell them like, listen, we'll sit down there and teach y'all. And we're willing to do that. So um, even though they see the, the griminess and stuff going on in the show, we still there to teach a lesson. And, the, and, and that resonates with them because they feel like you understand what they're actually going through. Right, because there's a narrative that we're painting, right? So the, the point of the story is we're just enlightening the, the people that watch the show about the situations that go on. But we don't glorify or gloat about um, the negativity. That's not what we're there for. We're basically just to tell you, like, listen, same way as um, Hollywood is telling a story and the number one movie in, in, in on, on TV is, is a negative movie about kidnapping, but everybody's not going around kidnapping. Right. It's just about the bucks and the dollars. <laughs> exactly. And what's and what's popular. Um, this is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're talking about Urban Web Series, the explosion in their popularity. We'll be back right after this. Yo, what up? This your homie Ace Hood, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real poly tricks, and real people only on Hot 97. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We are talking about Urban Web Series in this episode. Are they creating new opportunities and telling untold stories, or are they reinforcing negative stereotypes about our inner city communities? That's what we're talking about with this amazing panel. Joining me, Professor Lenny Williams. He is the co-founder of Trill or Not Trill. He has an MBA from New Jersey City University. He's a speaker, educator, and mentor. Lenny, great to have you with thank us. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Also with us is one of the guiding lights in this whole movement, <laughs> uh, Doug K.D. Evericio. He's executive producer and star of the Project Heat series. He's also the co-founder of the Web Series Awards, which just took place. Doug, thanks so much for being thanks with again us. Thanks for having We appreciate it. Also with us is Moses Mo Verneau. He's the creator and star of Money and Violence. Money and Violence fans know him as Rafe. Mo, great to have you with us again. Thank on you this. for having me, Lisa. Let me ask you guys this. In terms of money, because there's a lot of people, I'm going to get right to that, because I, I know a lot of you watching right now, you want to know about, <laughs> can you make money with this? How do you make money with this? How, how do you make money? Well, like I said, merchandising, um, monetizing your actual videos on YouTube, dollars to the cents, but it works. Um, you could product placement, product integration, and those are the forms of ways you can make some dollars. And and then, um, Mo, in terms of your progression from how you started, because you told us the story was like how you got the camera, you went on Google, you looked on the internet, <laughs> like mm -hmm. how do I shoot stuff? Yeah. Uh, you know, I literally woke up one morning and just decided that this was an this was something that I wanted to tackle. Got myself a camera, put together a storyline, and uh, just went out there and shot it. Never edited a day in my life. Learned how to edit off of YouTube, and uh, I just basically took my shot and put it out there, and it was received. But 
I'm more I'm, I'm also grateful for the fact not only was it received but it was received exactly how I had intended it to be you know more than just a uh, another gangster tale glorifying violence people were able to see that it was just a spoonful of sugar to help the medicine go down now in terms of the prog- in terms of the progression in terms of the progression of the characters and of and also more importantly in terms of the business model mm-hmm. how has that changed you know you guys were on title that was a big deal and then now you're talking about like distribution on other networks and stuff? Well, what was always important to me was ownership and creative control. So uh, all the deals that I've had, like even the title deal, uh, I made sure to situate it in a way that allowed me to create 100%, to, to keep 100% ownership as well as to keep 100% creative control. Mm-hmm. Um, even at this point where we are about to go to network, uh, there's still, I, I'm still keeping you know, a large part of creative control and as far as ownership is concerned. Um, I think that just like anything, you know, it takes time. You can either take the upfront money at first and have no ownership, or you can choose to wait and do things the proper way and find the right situation. You know, choose to build your own momentum, get your own buzz. That way it gives you more leverage at the bargaining table. You know, you can't just come in uh, right at the beginning and expect to get what you feel that you deserve without proving yourself first. So this is, but this is almost what, what we hear from hip hop artists, from a lot of the, the artists. They say right. they want to keep control of their you know, of their creativity, they want to keep control of their music, so they'll start to do it themselves. Correct. And then as they build up that audience and that fan base, they go on they go on from there. So so you made a conscious decision, but did you did you have people on the team that were saying, Listen, <laughs> we can be we can be getting these checks right now. I got bills right now. Yeah, you're always gonna have people who want instant gratification. Um, but at the end of the day to me it's would I rather, you know, to be good perpetually forever or just get the upfront money now, you know? That doesn't last. And I'm, I'm well aware of that. Like, my, my thing is to, to create a continuous revenue stream, and that's what's important to me. Right, and to keep, it, to keep it going. Doug, what about you with Project Heat? Well, what we did was we designed a system to end, to end up helping our cast men, members make some money, right? So, like, we'll give them some clothing to sell. A lot of, some of them made a lot of money off of it, you know, pay some bills. But um, they have to understand that it, this wasn't done overnight, and everybody doesn't value the show the same. Right. We have to make them value it. So we have to always raise the bar, show them that, look, we do better filming like Mo did for season two, you know, get people to actually pay more attention, um, like the award ceremony. So once, w- once we did the award ceremony, everybody looking at us totally different now. Like, they got something. Right. So now that's what the, 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 they have some kind of achievement that they can show people instead of people just saying, what are you doing out there filming with your friends in front of the exactly. project? And the turnout was like, the venue hold 350, it was 400 and something people showed up. Mm-hmm. And people, almost 200 something people still outside. So, and we, they wanted great. to shut it down because it was so much. Too many people. Yeah, we couldn't, we couldn't help, we couldn't help the moment, but we were just embracing it. We enjoyed it and it was successful. Now they want to talk. No, and congratula- congratulations, <laughs> congratulations to you and Pop and everybody that works so you, works you. so hard on that, Lenny. In terms of the narratives that are out there, when you look around as an educator, as a you know as a speaker, as a mentor, when you look around at the narratives that are out there about street life, do you see them all being the same? Do you see diversity there? Tell tell me what your thoughts are on that. In my opinion, I mean every every city has different issues, right? There's different, there's gang issues in one city and there might not be gang issues in another city. And I feel that's the, the importance of 
having different shows and showing different communities. Because again, you know, I'm just all about, there's so many teachers in those communities that get in their car and they go left and they don't know what's going on with these kids at home. And if they take the time out to actually watch this show, it bridges that gap and they're able to talk to their students and say, oh, I now understand why you can't sit and take a test for an hour. I understand why you have these mental health issues. I understand why you can't um, control yourself in my class. Um, so I just think that the narrative needs to be there for each and every town. And I think the other side of it is the people that are running these shows, they just gotta continue to keep developing and becoming better, but also find a way when they're, they're branching out and building with these companies to give back to the community, to improve the community that they came from. Because yeah, it's great to, to make money, yeah, it's great for companies to sponsor you, but is the community getting better as well? And I feel like they have that power as leaders, as people paying attention to them, at that at that point, to really go back and, and give back and everybody can just come together. What, what about that? Well, when we was filming in Pink Houses from when we first started, there was a lot of violence going on, like the shoot, you had the Kai Gurley situation. A Kai Gurley shooting, right. So we did the reenactment on that for our first episode and we got like, a lot of media attention on that. But at, amongst filming every Friday, the community got involved with us. Like we started um, casting them, putting them in the show, put the kids in the show. So if, if you could check that time period of how the violence went down in Pink Houses, you really didn't have nothing going on. So Pink Houses has embraced the Project Heat show. When they come out, there's like two, 300 people standing out there. No lie, I'm not exaggerating the numbers. They be standing in the parking lot. They be there watching, taking pictures. And nobody bothering you. Nobody's doing bothering. what they do with our, our TV news Everybody's live shots, doing. you know, making yeah, they just all want kinds the of faces and stuff. They want the opportunity because now they're seeing, now the characters become a local superhero to them. I want to be just like them. Right. You know, same thing like when we saw Money and Bob, we like, yo, we want to do the same thing they did. We want to be in the same position. Right. Yeah, and I, you know, and I think regardless of um, the storylines, I think our backstories within themselves, you know, promote growth. Uh, I think the whole web series phenomenon is a huge example of that. You know, we decided to get up one day and put together this web series, and because of what we were able to do, you know, I think the biggest factor was the fact that I had never been to school for this. You know, wow, this is a guy totally. just like me. Yeah, this, <laughs> right. this is a guy just like me who literally to, woke up one day. <laughs> yeah, you know, this isn't a guy who went to school for four years for this. This is a guy just like me, lives out here, woke up one morning. If he can do it, then you know what? So can I. And and even and if I, think I can't. that's such a great yeah, message. Yeah, and even if that's I can't, it's going to inspire me to at least right. attempt to. Because I think that that's the biggest thing, you know, and that's why, aside from speaking at these schools and speaking in these detention centers, I make myself very accessible to the people because it's one thing to see me on TV or to hear me on the radio saying, you can do this too, and it's another thing to see me in your neighborhood. Right, absolutely. You know, because when you see me in your neighborhood, it's like, wow, he's at my access, he's at my reach, so what he did, I actually can do. Right. You know, so it's empowering in a way. It's very empowering and 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 I and I think it it gives these it gives these kids hope. So it's I love it like, you know, when when I'm in an Uber and I'm driving by the projects and I see some kids with a camera and they're on the benches <laughs> and and it's like, okay, well, it no longer is it just I can be a rapper, I can be a basketball player, and now it's I can be a director. Now I can be a writer, you right. know. And I th I think that's beautiful. No, I think that I think yeah. that's awesome. Just in terms of empowering people, and and also controlling the way the story is told, mm -hmm. so it's not people who are unfamiliar with the community, as Lenny was talking about, not understanding and trying to tell the story, but it's it's actually coming up right from the streets there. Mm -hmm. 
All right, we're going to take a short break. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be back right after this. Hey, what up, y'all? This is Lloyd, the King of Hearts, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people only on Hot 9-7. You dig? Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. What we're talking about in this episode, urban web series like Money and Violence, Project Heat, Mayhem, Respect Life. There's so many of them out there right now, and they're wildly popular. Hundreds of thousands of viewers every single week. So our question is, are they creating new opportunities, or are they reinforcing old stereotypes? Joining us for this discussion, Professor Lenny Williams. He's a co-founder of Trill or Not Trill. He has an MBA from New Jersey City University, and he's also a speaker, educator, and mentor. Lenny, great to have you Thanks with us. Thanks for having me. We appreciate it. Also with us is Doug K.D. Aparicio. He's the executive producer and star of Project Heat, which started out in the Pink Houses in Brooklyn, and he's also the co-founder, along with Pop, with the Web Series Awards. Great to have you with us, Thanks Doug. Thanks for having us. We appreciate it. Also with us is Moses Moverneau. He's a creator and star of Money and Violence. Mo, thanks, thanks for being with us again. Thank we you really again, appreciate Lisa. it. All right, let me talk about the do's and the don'ts. <laughs> Doug, the do's and the don'ts. Uh, what you don't do <laughs> is just don't come out and film. Kind of edit. <laughs> <laughs> don't do just that. Don't yeah, just don't get a camera. Yeah, just don't get a camera. Come on in. Find out your, your minuses and your plus. Like, find out how it really works. Everybody believes that you should just come out with a camera and just film, but it really push doesn't. push a button. Just, yeah, it just doesn't work that way. You have the lens, you have audio. Um, your lighting, but the audio is the number one thing. Continuity. Always. Yeah. The audio is always. The audio, because if I can't hear you, then I'm going to leave whatever you have on, but then I need to see you after that. So you have to understand um, the warmth and the feeling of between your lens and your camera and what, like, we use the cinema lens, you know? So we shoot with the 14. What does that mean? All right. So I'm looking at you like, <laughs> right? The cinema lens, so th those are prime lens, right? So those right. are prime. Those are fixed. So they don't focus in or focus out. Right. So you just focus. You focus it, but then it has an aperture on it where you could give you a lot of exposure where compared to like if you need a whole lighting team. So you can open up the eye. So the lens is the eye, and it brings a lot of light in, just like what your eye do. You just right. don't know what your eye is really doing because it's automatically, automatically doing it for you. Right. So... That lens right there makes the job a little easier for you. But then the only problem, the minus in that is, you have to keep changing it for every single shoot, depending what the look you want. Maybe you might want the, um, you might want the film look, so which is like a 16.9 frame. So you got to change the lens for that. So you might get the 55 millimeter. All right, so, I'm, com I'm, yeah, co I'm convinced. It, it gets deep. I'm, it I'm gets like, super deep. I'm convinced there's a your, lot your more. Your cameraman about knows, it. knows what I'm <laughs> talking about. But you've learned. Obviously, you learned a lot along the way. Yeah. Mo, what about some of the lessons you've learned? Uh, continuity. You know, keeping in mind uh, what people are wearing to make sure that they have on the exact same things. Oh uh, yeah. Like yeah. he said, sound is very, very, very important. You have to keep in mind. You have to be very aware of ambient noise. Um, airplanes will destroy you. Buses. Um, buses. It sounds like reporting. Traffic. Uh, You'd be ready to go there with live with your report, and I'm here right at. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and even more than exactly. that. Exactly. The even, truck's backing up. Mm -hmm. And even more than that also, uh, a lot of people don't realize that each different room has different ambient noise. So you have to stay aware of all of that. Also as well, if you're shooting action scenes, do not ever, 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 I don't care if you're using replicas, do not ever use your blanks. You will get your cast killed. So... Do not, you know, w with us, what we always did. Because uh, there are some, there are quite a number of shootouts. Yeah, yeah, there are. But, you know, this is, 
I believe that all you have to do is stay respectful of your environment and stay respectful of law enforcement, and they will give you the same courtesy. You right. Know? right. We've always, once we see a cop, we stop production. You know, and whether we're shooting a regular scene, whether we're shooting an action scene, we give him the respect of approaching him and just saying, look, officer, we just want to give you a heads up. This is what we're doing. You know, we're shooting a, uh, a web series here just in case if you hear any raised voices or anything, you know, you know that we're just acting. So they don't know in <clears throat> they don't know in advance. This no, is not like this was, you uh, go through the motion picture television. Well, I'm referring the city? I'm referring to season one. Season, season two okay. we had permits and right. they were always aware we had uh we had movie police on set if we were shooting. Really? Yeah, yeah, that was season two. But season one, you know, we were basically doing everything guerrilla style. style, like oh. he was saying. So you know, never underestimate how far respect can get you because a lot of times just you know you come to an off everybody just wants to be acknowledged right especially figures so of authority you know so, so once you come to them and you just let them know you know officer I just want to give you a heads up this is what we're doing I can guarantee 99.9% of the time they're gonna say you know not a problem thanks for the heads up you know they'll even say I'll even let some of the other cops you know walking in the area know that you guys are out here right so you know we've never really had any issues with N the NYPD. not any issue like that um, Lenny what about the lessons that people can learn from this like how these guys made this where how far they've come I mean they just gave us a lesson just now with the whole camera right and yeah, I think totally. those, those you know it's unfortunate and in, the, in these areas that they're exposing they're they're cuts in the budget where they don't have classes on cameras they don't have classes on media and if we can find a way to add them to a, the curriculum where listen we're gonna teach about media arts and maybe for the, the first two weeks the director of Project Heat will come in here and the producer of Project Heat and he will tell you guys more about it and some of the students will get so excited because Project Heat is talking about their particular project. They're talking about their particular area, and it gets the students more engaged. So, you know, that's the thing. We got to look at everything, and I look at everything in pop culture and everything that students watch is there's some type of educational lesson. And like I said, these guys just gave me a whole educational lesson just now on cameras. I didn't even know any of that stuff just now. And there's students that are dying to learn that information. Right, and there's some, there's some schools, some schools do have do have programs for TV and film production, but very few exactly. in terms of the in, in our urban those communities. Areas. Especially right. in those areas. Especially where they I'd, need. I'd also like to say, um, I think that what we did with the whole web series thing is that we made it cool to be filmmakers. And a lot of these kids, yeah, you know, they're looking at this where, okay, they were watching these documentaries or and it's like, okay, whatever. But I think that we made it cool. Like, you know what? I want to be a director. I want to be a writer. I want to be a cameraman. I want to be an editor because these guys made it cool. Right. Definitely. Absolutely. A hundred percent. As opposed to just thinking, I want to be a ball player. I want to be a rapper. Exactly. I want to, yeah. you know, or do, or do whatever. It gave him something to aspire to. What about the writing, the writing part of it? Because this is a skill, you know, cornerstone of communications, whether we're doing it on a phone, whether we're doing it on a laptop, whether we're doing it, people are doing it in a notebook for rhymes, you know, writing their, their rap songs that way, <laughs> which, way. which some, some, some artists still do. But the, the writing part of it, do you, do you guys re, do you pre-write the scripts? Do you have scripts or Everything do you do scripted. unscripted? No, Everything is we're scripted. different from the way his, right his show. Our show is the idea and the storyboard and then improv and points. So when we, we have me, Pop, and my partner, Sha. We sit down, we go over the storyboard, how where the character's going, who's available. See, that's the key thing, what everybody don't know. <laughs> right. it's not every character is available. Because people have other jobs, They got too. things to do, so right. I have to work. <laughs> Sometimes I have to create a scene right on the, on the set, but I know how He's got to work, so we I can't. I know how the storyboard is going, <laughs> right. so I follow my story. Then I said, you could say it in your way to keep it authentic, but I need you to hit these points. Right. So that's why it sound, our show sounds so so hip and so cool because they're actually speaking in the way they would speak every day. 
They're not speaking some some kind of like dialogue. they're not speaking like me. Right. Like everybody can't speak like me. So I want you to speak like you, but I need you to say this, that, and hit and this that. point in and your and, own and words. And this way, and get out of the scene. Mo, what what about that in terms of in terms of writing the scripts? Are you still doing all the writing? Yeah, everything like every single word on the show wow. is scripted. You know, every every single word. Um, at the end of the day, like I approach everything strategically. Uh, like even when I started doing the show, the first thing I did was I sat back and I thought about every single movie that was a blockbuster and what was it that uh that made these movies great and you know came up with everything from quotable lines, funny moments, um, things, moments that were memorable, things that people would go to work the next day and, and talk about. Right. You know, because word of mouth is like the biggest promotion ever. Right. So I made sure to implement all these things and just just making it making it strategic strategic like. Uh, like I told everyone, any and everything that you saw in Money and Violence was there for a reason. It wasn't there just cause. Um, or to fill time. Yeah, or to fill yeah. time. I, and I just felt that scripting everything just gave me more control of the world itself um, that, that the show exists in. Uh, I, I totally do agree with Pop though because even though it was scripted, a lot of times I would tell the characters, you can still make it your own. You know, say it how you would say it, as long as you basically follow the idea that's in the script. What about in terms of slang? How do you handle, especially as you as you're transitioning now into other these these broader platforms? Are there issues with slang, or where they say, "Oh, you can't really you say know, this," or the cursing, or the that well, type of thing? What what with me, a large part of having this type of platform is being responsible. So when the second season um, came and we were doing our table read, I had my 13-year-old daughter in the room with me and she was sitting on my lap and we were reading the first four episodes and everyone, every time someone used the word B-I-T-C-H, I would cringe, you know? Okay. Um, and it made me really think about it and I'm like, okay, you're not comfortable with this being said in front of your daughter. How about if the millions of daughters it. that are in the room Girl when the show, when people are watching. Exactly. So because of that, I omitted the word from the entire second season. That's so true. You know, and it's not me trying to be perfect, but it's just if I identify a problem, then I should feel that I should resolve it. No, thank you for doing that. As a Absolutely. woman, thank you for doing that. And like for, for season two for us, like the first season, I noticed that a lot of my cast members used the N-word a lot. I mean, it was that was going to be my Doug. That was going to be my next <laughs> question. What much. about what about the N word? Too much. You hear it on the street. You just walk like down it, to the corner and, and you're hearing it. It'll make people feel like your vocabulary is very small. Like you don't have no choice of words. Right. So we eliminated it from season two. So nobody was able, no N word no at all. Curse, no N word. No curse and nothing. I'm they guilty of curse. using it. They can't use it. Nothing. <laughs> and they get nope. penalized for that. What about the B word for they the ladies? No curses. None. 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 At all. Because when, when I try to... This is awesome. When I, try to like, I, I had no idea. This when is I try awesome. to sell the show to people, like different cultures, and I was showing it to them from season one, they was looking at me, I, I don't watch that, I don't watch that, I don't watch that. And I didn't, I didn't like that feeling. Like, you know what I'm saying? I, try, I isolated myself. That they were looking at it, right, in a crazy way. To only a certain group of people that mm -hmm. does that. So by taking myself out of that box, and so you know what, we're going we gonna to kill the, um, the cursing all across the board, it made it warm and feel the feeling was good because now I could show it to anybody. Okay, but what? About, but let me ask you guys, uh, Lenny, in, ter in terms of the youth, that you you know our teens, that there's a lot of n word, a lot of b word, there's a lot of cursing. It's just they, it's it's just 
it's just extremely common. Absolutely. More common than ever before. Do you think they suffer authenticity wise by cleaning up the language? I think it's great personally, but in, in terms they, of the in terms of young people. No, because my thing is some of those young people that have been watching from the beginning can actually see the growth. You know, I always use that that almost like the ice cube story. You know, when I was young, Ice Cube was rough and tough. Now right. I have kids. They see Ice Cube, and he's the family man. You right. Know, they, 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 <laughs> right. In a holiday movie, in a Christmas in a movie. Yeah. Right. They knew how he had to open the door to get to that to that success. Right. Oh, and that's, that's what they're doing. Point. That's how I look at them. They're, they they had to find a way to get in the door. Now they're in the door. Now it's up to them. And I don't really know their mission. But you know, for me, dealing with youth, I would want them. You know, kind of like they're doing, cleaning up a little bit, start to you know put some lessons in, more lessons in there, showing more some lessons, growth, showing, showing the growth because the, the kids are going to grow up with them. And then next thing you know, 10, 15 years down the line, they're able to come back and, and change some of the things in the community. And now it's just really just a story because the community has just changed. That's I, that's so awesome. I'd also like to say that, um, you know, anyone that says it affects the authenticity, to me, that's an excuse because the truth is the culture does not dictate what's on film. What's on film actually dictates the culture. Absolutely. So, oh, wow. Okay. So we, we actually have to decide to be responsible enough to take that role of leadership and decide that, you know what? we're gonna lead these kids somewhere different. Rather than, even though this is what they're used to, at the end of the day, we're what's on screen. We're what they idolize, so therefore, we're gonna take them the right route, you know? And one step at a time, that's all. I'm not saying anybody needs to be perfect, but if you if you identify that there's a problem, there is something that you can make better or improve, improve it. It's that right, simple. and definitely improve Absolutely. it. All right, we need to take a short break. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're talking about the urban web series that are so enormously popular right now. We'll be back right after this. What up? This is Trey Songz, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, real people. Only on Hot 97. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're talking about urban web series. They are exploding in popularity. We're asking, are they creating new opportunities or reinforcing some old negative stereotypes? Joining us for this discussion, Professor Lenny Williams. He is a co-founder of Trill or Not Trill. He has an MBA from New Jersey City University, and he's also a speaker, educator, and mentor to youth. Thank you so much for being with Thanks us. Thanks for having me. Appreciate we it. We really appreciate it. Also with us is Doug K.D. Aparicio. He is the executive producer and star of Project Heat. He's uh, also the co-founder, along with Pop, of the Web Series Awards, which just took place. Thanks for being with us, Doug. Thanks we appreciate it. Me. Thank you. And also with us is Moses Mo Verneau. He is the creator and star. He stars as Rafe in Money and Violence, one of the original web series that was out there. What about the marketing? How do you th let, let me start with Money and Violence. How did that get so hot? Because I remember there was just there was like two weeks there where <laughs> all us. I was here and everybody was like, we got to get him on the show. We got to talk to them. We got to. Well, um. First and foremost, I'd like to say never underestimate the uh, the power of social media. You know, uh, platforms like Instagram, Twitter, Facebook are great. You know, for getting your um your project or content out there. But other than that, first and foremost, you know, like anything, I think it's the quality of your work that speaks for itself. So uh, you have to really, really, really put your energy into creating quality content because even with our show, the first season, where our first couple of episodes looked like it was shot on a cell phone and I would hear it repeatedly oh my god the quality is so bad but the storyline is amazing oh okay you know and that's what everyone gravitated towards it was it was like watching a car crash it's like why do I keep looking at this you know but they just kept speaking about the storyline and 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 that's what got us the people's attention so yes it's great marketing and promotion uh, social media I mean 
as well great people like Lisa Evers when they bring you on Fox 5 News. You well, know. thank you very much. <laughs> that Shout helps. out to our boss, Byron Harmon. Yes. She's a Byron, big fan. you're the greatest. Um, <laughs> but more than anything, you know, focus on the quality of your content because that is what will get you there. You can get all the attention in the world, but it's only going to be attention that's shined on how bad your work is if it's not of quality. So spend just as much time creating quality work as you would promoting and marketing. Yeah, because sometimes people just do the promoting and they don't really have the thing to back it up. Exactly. We see that with artists all the time. Mm -hmm. um, Doug, I have an idea from your hat and from your shirt. <laughs> <laughs> the marketing, marketing is something you're very good at. Yeah, we, we like I said, we strategized everything. Because um, like I said, we had a lot of ground to cover as you know when money and violence came out so it's like a core following and even when on youtube they got a different technique and style of it so you tag in promotion like so when you go out people are like what's that you wearing what's this so everything that we do is is an idea and it's a tactic that we use to achieve the promotion for people to look behind the show and i'm like what is this going on what is that going on anywhere you go somebody's taking a picture like we did shows like at the backstage at barclay if you if you go back and look at a lot of shows you see pop standing in the background with a project e t-shirt on and people's <laughs> like or, and they they notice the show and they're like what is that and they go and they google it and find and find out what exactly the show is what so is. we had techniques and we strategized a lot of different ways even with our cast members they have to have to have to hashtag they have to promote they have to flood your timeline this is a technique that we you know, i'm giving away secrets and stuff you know so I'm <laughs> that right now. preach you know preach Doug, preach be doing that. help the but people we man. do we do this every day from texting every day they know i know the you format. do it's so all i put something out share right share 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 how long does it take for you to share what three four five seconds right and it goes into another group, into another group, into another group, into no and that's True. how it goes. It start, it comes like a wildfire, you know. And that's what we do, and that's that's our system. No, I I understand, and it's very but very the successful. Content has to the be number there. One. It has to be good, cause we could have been straight garbage and trash, sanitation department, and you know, <laughs> <laughs> and we, we would have never even got what a hundred. People would have stayed with it. They might have checked out one or two episodes, exactly. and then yeah. they're not going to keep You'll coming about back 10, week after views. week after week. You could get about ten thousand views with a bad show. Really? Yeah, I've but, seen I've seen people put shows on YouTube and just because they put the title "Money and Violence" season three get seventy thousand views. Because they tagged it. Off the title. Because you yeah. can tag it. On YouTube, you could tag a show. So if a person go in there and they actually put a tag, I could tag you. I could tag him. And everybody that's in your group. So on the side of YouTube, right, you have all these shows on the right, side. Right, right. Because people tag them to your show. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. So if, uh, Fox 5 is tagging too. Mm -hmm. You know, Hot 97 is tagging somebody. And they tag him, and that's how I it works. I think Team Lisa needs to talk with you after this. Anyway, <laughs> let's get back to. The, but let me not let me be let me not be selfish here. Right. While, while I have all you guys here, the Lenny and but any concerns? Just in ter I mean, obviously these guys are are making very positive moves, but any concerns that you have ab ab about these shows or just where, where we're talking about street violence and what's going on with the streets? Well, hearing what they're saying, the, the growth is there, you know. But I, I know with with good, it's always some bad, right? And there might be some shows out there. I just want them to be aware that, you know, I don't want them to glorify and then also try to be on top and be like, oh, we do this also in the streets as well, because that really does hurt our youth and our community. You know, but if, you know, people like them are showing their growth, they're saying they're taking out some of the N-words, the B-words, they're also going out there speaking at detention centers and schools. Like, I mean, this is what we need. It's the difference between educating and, and glorifying. 
And um, I don't want anybody going out there just glorifying or off the screen, you know, oh, I did this in the, just like the show, I do this in the streets too. But from what I've seen, I haven't seen that. And I think that this is a, a door that can open for a lot of people. But what about the, criti the criticism that I've heard with, with all the shows is they feel like it's almost in some cases a how-to manual for criminals. With scamming, for example, with drug dealing, with these kind of things, that it's kind of like almost like a how-to video. Well, what do you say to people that say that, Mo? What I'd like to say is, I mean, things like that are actually said by people who are not from that world. And what people don't realize is what we're doing is we're shedding a light on the reality of what goes on. Um, when Money and Violence first came out, I've heard people say, I can't fathom that there are people that really live like this. And that really took me aback because I'm like, this happens every single day. Right, exactly. And... I think that what we did is that we allowed people to get a more candid look at a group of people that under normal circumstances they might have crossed the street to avoid, a, a group of people that they would have never gotten the time to get to know, to show them, no, these people are not evil, they're bad people. They're not bad people, they're good people putting put in bad circumstances and for the sake of survival are forced to live by a by any means necessary kind of mindset. Um, and I think that with our neighborhoods, this should be what causes a conversation to say that, well, maybe if we change their circumstances and maybe if we allot them more resources, maybe these things can change. You know, it's not that these people are bad. It's just that they're in bad situations. Right. Exactly. What, what about that? <clears throat> well, like I said, um, we, we have to get knowledge of the communities. Like, for, for example, us as black colored people, right, we are more animated. Like, from videos, we like to wear jewelry, a lot of cars, you know what I'm saying? We just show off. That's just what we do. That's the culture thing. We don't mean no harm. We don't want to hurt nobody. You know, we just out there having a good time. So somebody might see that and say, and see us being loud on the corner and think we argue, fighting, and that's the wrong perception that everybody's holding. It's wrong. In terms just, of the cultural, right. Right. So Lenny, what about the cultural differences and, and cultural misunderstandings? I think that this and that stereotypes. Stereotypes are always going to be there, right? Even with me as a professor, I walk in a room and I'm young and I'm African American. Immediately, like, what school did you go to? Where high school did you go to? Right? Um, <laughs> like, like, dude, fall back. I got an MBA. I got to always go through go through a lot. Um, but I think these shows. That's, that was my point earlier with the educators. It can bridge that cultural gap because, I, like I said, I'm just tired of seeing teachers come in and they're teaching at some of these, these, these hard-hit schools and just going left, you know, going home to their nice house in a, a nice neighborhood, or people thinking that Brooklyn is nothing but a Barclay Center right. and a, a nice little shops around and <laughs> it's really trendy, but there's some other things that we need to put an eye to and, and open up to, and there's so much talent with the, ed with the students inside of there that right. is opening, it's opening the, uh, the doors for them as well. And you think it help for the students also, too, to just see that there's other people going through similar challenges? Absolutely, because they might not be able to identify with Kendrick Lamar, because Kendrick Lamar is not from our projects, right? They might say, oh, he must have had some type of privilege, or they might not be able to identify with LeBron James, but some of these guys that came straight from their projects are now out there at 80, 100, 200, 300,000 views on YouTube, moving on and joining forces with people like Lionsgate and having commercials and things like that, and getting other roles opens the doors for those students to see that there's other jobs out there, there's other careers to, that can happen. I'd just like to say one last thing. Um, I think that you know, what we're doing is opening a totally different lane for these kids. And the reason being is like these kids watch the show and even like with the character that um, I play, Rafe, you know, okay, he's from the streets, but at the same time, he's very intelligent, you know, and he doesn't speak sp slang all of the time. And, and he, he speaks like someone who is knowledgeable. And once again, I think it's, we're making it cool. We're making it okay to kind of be different. And even with them, 
it transcending into real life and them assuming that I'm Rafe and you know I'm the director I'm the writer then it's like oh wow this guy wrote two novels it's cool to write a book I remember when I thought about writing my first novel and I went to my friends and was like you're gonna write a book how why because it's not accessible to them they've never seen anyone exactly. do it before but now to see someone that's just like you do these things it's like you know what it's okay to do this like I don't have to I'm not the oddball for stepping outside of the box because now everyone is stepping outside of the box right Exactly. And creating and, and doing things that everyone should be able to exactly. do and, and without creating. being stereotyped a, exactly. certain, kind, a yeah. certain kind of way like that. What about, um, uh, Doug, any do's and don'ts for people that might be inspired by the show and want to try it themselves? Well, definitely kudos to anybody that wants to start their own show, go for the dream, just learn. Like on YouTube, there's a lot of tutorials. Learn before you do it. Um, we developed the platform and we showed you the mistakes. So what you could do is look at it and enhance yourself and be better than us. So there's opportunities out there. Don't stop. We don't want nobody to stop. We just want everybody to be better. Everybody to keep going. And Mo, do you think people, like from, from your series, have gone on to other other acting jobs, other acting ca careers? Yeah, very much so. Uh, you know, we started off with a cast that had absolutely no experience, no experience acting whatsoever. Right. Uh, I have some of my cast members who uh, one of my cast members actually is in the upcoming Tupac biopic, All Eyes on Me. Uh, he just shot a movie with Nas, uh, the movie's Monster. He's been on The Blacklist. He's been on uh, Blue, Bloods. Blue Bloods. So, it, and, and it's so crazy because people who never thought of acting have found this talent that they've always had, you know, because of what we've cultivated and what we've created. That's, that's fantastic. Back to the do's and don'ts that you were saying, um, one thing that I would love to say is that if you're gonna try your hand at this, understand that everything is trial and error. Uh, don't let your failures discourage you because discouragement is on is like the first step on the road to giving up and understand it's not gonna be easy. But if you fall, you make a mistake, get back up and just keep going. And there. keep going, adjust. always keep going. That's my motto, just adjust. keep it moving, keep it moving. Lenny, final word? I think that one, if you're an educator, if you're a mentor, if you're really helping the youth, in these areas, you should get more involved and understand what these shows are all about. Just like we get more involved with music, we get more involved with our sports and news um, because it sheds a light on some issues and things that we need to find out and, and fix, but also say, listen, these guys made opportunity out of these shows. Right. Um, so I think that's, that's what's most important. And, and hopefully we'll open up opportunities and avenues of expression for, the, for your students. Absolutely. And for these people, I, I want to thank all of you for being with us for this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm Lisa Evers. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. And let's push for peace.